Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Broken Laws Podcast. Um, we have a fascinating and slightly left field episode for you today. Um, and it's very much, it's kind of straddling the worlds between indoor rowing and in some ways outdoor rowing. But we're going to go into that in a bit. I would also just mention that unlike many things on the internet, making a podcast is not actually free. And um, if you wanted to help support the pod, we do have a Buy Me A Coffee website. Um, and rather than just us asking for your money and receiving your money, and some people have donated, and we are hugely grateful for that vote of support, uh, you can buy our Power Widget, which allows you to predict your times based on your current season's best. Or you can buy one of our three training programs. And I believe Aaron has added his creative ventures in both music and literature on there. And so if you were looking for a little bit of entertainment to pass your week slightly more quickly, you can also purchase one of those things. So we'd like to offer a little bit more value if you're choosing to support the pod. But the main value of the pod is are frankly excellent, interesting, very guests. And this week we have Alfred Campenarts. Did I say that right, Alfred? Right enough for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, in Dutch we say Campenarts. Campenarts. Yeah. Uh, from Salty Lemon Entertainment, who are the um, programmers and producers of the EXA, is it a game? Is it is it a simulation? How how, a, how how would you describe Alfred? Tell us how you would describe EXA. Yeah, so actually, it's it's like blurred lines, I guess, because uh, it's it's kind of a game. We want to make indoor rowing fun by by attaching gaming elements to it. Uh, but if you're actually using using the game or the app. Uh, it doesn't feel like a game or like that's much fun because you're still uh, on the rower on the rowing machine, just suffering uh, immensely. Um, so it's uh, we we call it an app that makes indoor rowing more fun by uh, by immersing yourself into a virtual world with other people online. Okay, and um, so Alf, before we go any further, tell us a little bit about yourself, Alfred. Um, I think our listeners may have noticed that you are you're not a native of the southeast of England or even the northeast of England, like uh, my colleague, colleague Aaron. Um, and so where are you based and how did Salty Lemon come to be? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm the CEO of, uh, Salty Lemon. So we are the company that's created the, the Exer app. Uh, we're based in Belgium. Um, and we're actually the, the whole team or most of the team, uh, are, are game developers, uh, by heart. Uh, so actually before we created this application, uh, we just created entertainment games. Uh, but I've also always had a, had a big connection with, uh, with sports in general. Uh, I was a professional swimmer in my past. Uh, I still follow a lot of sports. Uh, my brother is also a professional cyclist. So I was always, I'm always following the cyclist scene as well. Um, and there I also got into touch with different uh, apps as, as yeah, many of the listeners will probably know. Uh, virtual cycling apps like uh, Zwift, Ruby, Be Cool. 
what else is there? Uh, Wahoo RGT before it got uh, shut down. <laughs> um, and yeah, I always had a big interest in that. And I, I always would, would have loved to bring together the two passions, one of sports and one of game development into one. But yeah, in cycling, there was so much competition. And then we got into touch with uh, the, the Flemish Rowing Association and they were looking to innovate in the in the rowing industry uh, with uh, with using game development techniques. And they got into touch with us and I, I just loved the idea of bringing that virtual cycling experience, what people love, uh, to to the rowing scene because in rowing there there wasn't uh, anything like it, uh, any solution for it. So we we started development on a on a beta version, and people seem to love it. And now it's our our core business, and we're uh, we're developing the application, and it's becoming bigger and bigger, and it's really becoming a hub for uh, for indoor rowers from all over the world. So uh, yeah, uh, love that about it. Hey, so. This is this is I'm I'm just like something you said that I didn't really. You mentioned that the Flemish Rowing Association is that is that the rowing association for all of Belgium? No, <laughs> it's so, literally just yeah. So um, if if you know a bit about the geography of Belgium, we're actually split up into like three parts. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Flanders up in the north, you have Wallonia up in the south, and then you have Brussels somewhere in the middle. Um, and Belgium is one whole country, uh, but we have different governments for each department. So for Flanders, Wallonia and Brussels. Um, so we have like the Belgian Rowing Association uh, that comes together for like big sporting events. But if we talk about just in the season or, or general organization of local clubs and stuff like that, uh, they have different organizations. So you have the Flemish Rowing Organization and then you also have uh, something in Wallonia. And that's, uh, yeah, with a lot of, of sports in, uh, in Belgium, you have uh, different entities for Flanders and Wallonia. And then you have the, the uh, general uh, one for Belgium. So it's a bit uh, complicated <laughs> over here. Um, but yeah, the, the Flemish Rowing Association is only for the, for the Flemish part, uh, the Flemish speaking part of Belgium. And so they came to you and said, can you make can you do something to improve rowing yeah so that's the 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 cool thing i think or one of the cool things about our our country um we're always or they're always in sports looking to to innovate on a lot of different things uh so from the government there was a call to to all the different sports organizations to come up with ideas to innovate in their specific sports uh and uh, the flemish rowing association was looking for for ideas to uh to talk with them about and then they got into touch with gaming and us and we talked about the possibilities uh of creating like this virtual rowing experience and then we we pitched it together with them to the government and they really liked the idea and that's what kick-started uh, the whole project actually I, I i think we need to get mark davis's email address to you guys <laughs> uh, he, he's he's the ceo of uh british rowing and uh he listens to us every so often um no sorry the chairman of british rowing ceo is a different um guy uh yeah that no that sounds remarkably kind of like creative and forward thinking and all those things that you know I think national and regional rowing associations don't always kind of do so slow down Lewin slow down here <laughs> this kind of dangerous joined up thinking is why we left the EU 
we couldn't possibly be that for far foresighted and thinking joined up paragraphs and do something that actually helped our sport and our country that would yeah. be most un-british I, I i don't know i mean alfred i mean from the point of view of like a rower who's been rowing in the uk for literally 20 years now that that the idea that a national or even a regional governing body would say i know what we're going to do we're going to go and have a chat with a software company and and see if they can do something interesting or crazy is just i'm i'm genuinely gobsmacked by that that was <laughs> that's that's incredible um so okay so belgium clearly kind of quite a creative bunch um Bizarrely, I went on holiday in Belgium uh, in the summer just gone, and it seemed. Uh, I think, as you said, I was in I was in Flanders, Flanders. I was in the northern part of Belgium, um, bordering on Holland, and driving there, I ended up driving past and over, and staying next to these massive wide, flat, straight. I don't know if there were canals, I don't know if there were rivers, but it just seemed as though as a country, you have built rowing lakes all over <laughs> your, your territory. And you, I know there are Belgian rowers, I know there are brilliant Belgian rowers, I know they kind of make it into the finals and semifinals, but it seems as though this is a country just built for rowing. Mm -hmm. um, except we always kind of associate you with cycling is it yeah. is there is it a new sport in in belgium or it just goes in phases it's 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 weird because in in belgium you 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 have a lot of uh sports like um that are like for instance like cycling and and, and football that are really big and uh we we deliver a, a lot of ta talents uh to the world um and then you have other sports that are yeah um also really big all over the world like like rowing or, or swimming because i was a swimmer but then the 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 difference between the the sports if you look at cycling we we deliver top athlete after top athlete after top athlete and then in these other sports uh we we don't really deliver much and rowing is one of those sports and i think the the weird thing in belgium is uh if you talk about someone from belgium and you talk about rowing uh most of them will think it's kayaking uh, yeah. Because in Belgium, kayak is way more popular to do um, as a hobby as well than than rowing. Um, so most people, uh, almost everyone, even I, I talked about uh, in the early stages of of the application when we talked about rowing, uh, I I was drawing up like the oars and how the the application would work, and everyone would say like, oh, the oars are wrong. You need to have like a, a pedal on the other side as well. Uh, and they were just uh, really confused when I when I told them that in rowing boats you go backwards because no one understands it. Everyone thinks that rowing and kayaking was like the same thing. So not a lot of people in Belgium know about rowing, okay. uh, which is quite weird because if you look at the neighboring countries uh, like the Netherlands yeah, and, and, and Germany and stuff like that, really big rowing countries and everyone knows and loves the sport and in belgium no one no one knows about it so it's really really weird in in that sense but we do have some more attention coming to the sport uh lately 
because there are some talents coming up and also um yeah with with us uh with with the application and with uh in indoor rowing we had like the the previous world champion uh Wart Lemelen, which yeah. has become like a local celebrity not just for rowing but for his personality and someone like that really boosts the sport uh and and we hope we we can see it grow even more in the in the coming years but yeah right now i think the main problem is not enough people realize what what rowing is as a sport uh, which is really weird because yeah, we we do have a lot of water and we do have a lot of people kayaking on it, but <laughs> rowing <laughs> is uh, <laughs> yeah, rowing is not that well known yet. So uh, something weird. <laughs> I, do, I I'm gonna throw in because it, it's Saturday morning and I've had coffee, so I am completely off my face. But I think it might be a cultural thing. You kayak because you like to look forward. In Britain, rowing is quite big because we like to look backwards. So I, I think it may be something to do with that. I'm just throwing that out there and alienating all of our listeners in the UK. Um, can I ask a more serious question? He, he said, lying. Um, salty lemon. Is that a tequila reference? I'm just just asking. No, that's that's actually something that just came over from the from the early game development days. Uh, because if you're creating entertainment games it's kind of a trend in the gaming industry to just uh choose business names or studio names that don't make any sense uh so that's how we came up with salty lemon entertainment um we're actually maybe in the future we we might change it to uh to to extra studios or something like that because we're not really planning on doing anything else besides the app um but it's still a remnant from uh, from that from the old gaming days. Okay, yeah. I get that. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I suppose it's kind of getting off the subject, but I did know that you had like an RPG game. Yeah, so an RTS game, a strategy game before this, yeah. Uh, but it's, it never officially came out. It was uh, stuck in like the beta days because we didn't gather enough interest for it. Uh, okay, fair enough. No, I... I, I just had this idea because when I, I didn't investigate it particularly, but I just saw it. It's like, oh, that looks like the kind of game where you gain experience, and you gain points. And I was just wondering if you could actually get all the points and kind of kind of coins that you earn in Exa and sell them to people playing that game so they could power up their characters <laughs> well you you just you just keep training you just keep training on rowing it's just like yeah go on okay there's like five thousand points for five pounds have that um it's a really creative id no no one in the company has ever thought about anything like that but <laughs> um, well, I, i've well, never seen that concept uh word before but uh yeah maybe you're onto something so, so literally kind of like doing like a micro monetization of people's exercise um <laughs> No, but anyway, um, I mean, okay, so obviously it's a fascinating um, idea. I mean, wh when did the idea for EXA come about? What, was it because obviously there was this massive interest in the UK and the US in indoor rowing during the pandemic when people were taken out of rowing clubs, when gyms shut down and people were buying Concept 2s like they were. They, they were going out of fashion. Um, so, so that idea to gamify indoor yeah. rowing been there for a while, but why was it, let's do this now? Uh, 
yeah it was mostly just because of the of the story i told before because the the um the rowing association came together with us but it's actually quite a funny timing because it was uh like we we got the project uh we applied for it and we got it approved by the government uh by the end of 2019 um so that's when we actually started like uh developing the first ids for it uh and then uh yeah the pandemic struck uh and we went into to lockdown and right when we went into lockdown was actually the we we had like the first draft of the game and the first images we could actually share with uh with with ex uh, people externally um and it was like a, a really scary time for us as well uh like for most companies during that time because yeah it there was a lot of uncertainty about uh what was going to happen um and we just said like okay this this happened now let's just set up uh, a beta of the application even though it was ver still very early uh, let's do an application uh, form um, spread it around some communities uh, so in the beginning of the lockdown we just did that we we had two images we uh, spread it around some communities and we in the first month we had hundreds of applications from people that were really interested in uh, in trying out the application and that's when we thought like okay there's something here people actually want this kind of experience let's go all out and and uh develop it and let's make this the the yeah the biggest virtual rowing app there is uh let's make it like the the future of indoor rowing um so we started before before the lockdown but yeah like the beta version the, the first thing we published was actually right in the beginning of of COVID, uh and uh, that's when we got like the green light from from uh the international rowing community like yeah this is something we want and then we really went on all out uh starting in the beginning of 2020. okay so i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna basically um say make your pitch now tell people who use indoor rowing machines what it is that EXA will bring to them. What, what are they going to see when they sit down and look at the screen and they start rowing? And why is that going to help them? Yeah. And just to con can I just contextualize that a little bit? Because but before we started the conversation proper, you mentioned you, and I think it might have not been deliberate, but you made a distinction between rowing and proper rowers. And I think on broken oars, anyone who either sits on a rowing machine or goes out in a boat or uses a rowing machine at a gym if you if you pull on a handle you are a proper rower so it's a massive target audience because every everyone who's on the water uses a rowing machine everyone who goes to a gym will have some element of rowing in their in their program somewhere and then you have crossfit and then you have an entirely dedicated um network of people who specifically train on indoor rowers so it's really if you pull on a handle you're a proper rower so that's your audience i would guess yeah so that's correct so that's also the thing we want to achieve with the application so basically what it does is you connect the app you can run it on on any device you like on a phone on a tablet pc a tv even uh you connect it through your rowing machine through mostly bluetooth um and then when you do your rowing sessions you're rowing in virtual worlds which are 3d representations of uh both fantasy locations as well as real life locations like uh henley uh boston in the us uh, lake bled in slovenia you can row on those lakes um and when you row uh, every stroke you do your virtual avatar will also do a stroke in the application 
Um, and then the coolest thing about it is that it's also online with uh, other people that are rowing at the same time. You will actually see them rowing with you. So it really brings together the whole world and the whole indoor rowing community. And it allows you to train together, meet other people online. Uh, and it really just makes it a lot more enjoyable uh, compared to, yeah, if you're if you're rowing on a Concept 2, most of the people are just looking at the, at the values on the monochrome screen. Um, and it's really, really tedious and hard to, to, um, to keep your attention with it. And the application allows you to look at different things, uh, race against other people. Uh, we also added... Uh, other gamification elements to it. So for every meter you row, you gain uh, coins and experience, and then you can level up, buy new outfits and boats for your for your avatar uh, to have new targets to work towards too. So it really just makes it more enjoyable. And besides that, everything you expect from a traditional rowing application is also in there. So um, we have training plans we offer. They offer uh, detailed instructions. Um, we have uh, a racing mode with online leaderboards. You can compete with each other. Um, and it also gives you detailed reports and you can synchronize them with external apps like Strava, Training Peaks, uh, Concept2 Logbook. So it's it's really the, the complete uh, app experience you get on it. And it just adds this amazing virtual world aspect with other people online that's, that's you can't get in, in any other uh, application. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's like the, the core thing of, of the application. So I'm I'm gonna throw one thing out here. What is what is the best boat that you can get for your avatar at the moment? <laughs> the best that's like one of the things we um compared to other apps because in other applications like in cycling, uh, they often give like stats to the boats uh, to make them better or worse. Uh, but that's something we don't really want to do uh, because in our eyes, you if you like a boat visually uh, and you think it looks cool, we want you to be able to just use that boat uh, without having it uh, it's having an impact on your on your performance. So actually, we don't we don't say like uh, this boat is better than this one. We just offer a broad range of boats, uh, and whichever one you like most, you can uh, use and and row with, and it doesn't affect your performance. We do, however. Uh, deliberately lock it after levels so some boats in general look a bit more modern sleeker uh, cooler and they will be locked after uh, behind higher levels so you can actually show them off uh, to other people like if you're um, are a level 25 rover it means like you you've put in like 100 hours into the application and then you can show off to the people like yeah i've got this boat i'm uh, been rowing for i've been rowing for that long on the application already so uh, that's something we do have, but there there isn't like a best boat. Every boat is uh, is fine. You, you say that, but I'm I'm one of the the two tone fluid design kings, and I'm rowing around <laughs> Henley, and I can swear that I'm going half a pit faster. It's just like <laughs> it's because, it's because I'm, the fluid I'm just designs... sure that it's like just like that a little bit faster. It's because of the fluid designs. They have this nice, like, uh, shining effect on them. Yeah, it's uh, great. And and if you see it, you're just so amazed that you that you don't feel the pain anymore, and you can just go harder. So <laughs> that's yeah. probably it. Um, you see, Lou, it's just it's just like life, Lou, and you get you get rewarded. Just like it's just like rowing in a real boat in a real club with a real crew. You get rewarded for the work you do. You can't buy success in this app. You've got to put the hours in. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. That's the idea. So, um, 
I mean, you, you, you've got you've got kind of like boats which are kind of very much based on fluid design singles, and it's the only way I'm ever going to get to own fluid design. For that, I'm very grateful. Um, have you have you ever thought? Because obviously, in Zwift, which is kind of like the obvious reference point for EXA um, to discuss things. I mean, it, I know it's very different, and I know it's a different form of exercise, but they have the Tron bikes. Have, have you ever considered that you're sort of like gonna have like slightly fantasy boats in there? Yeah, we actually already have one, but it's uh, only locked for people that were with us from the beginning. Uh, in our beta days, if you actually uh, got on the application back then, you received a special boat, which is just uh, a lock um, with <laughs> with oars on it. Uh, so maybe you've seen people actually using that, and mm -hmm. that's like a, a fantasy boat that people really loved. Um, and that's actually we're going to to develop more next year to give more cool. unique customization items uh, that are a bit more more fantasy like um, and especially for people yeah it, because in the beginning we we released some some customization items with like uh, for like low levels uh, because yeah everyone was still a low level but now we have like people reaching. Uh, really high levels with over 5 million meters wrote on the application already. And they also want to be rewarded. And for that, those people, those really hardcore uh, indoor rowers, we will be uh, creating some more unique uh, unique uh, suits and boats and, and oar designs and stuff like that. And they, they might glow a bit like, yeah, I think even last month we released a suit already, which uh, has like an RGB effect with, uh, with glows yeah. for a really high level. So we are going to release more of those uh cool things cool nice um so i mean it I've, I've spoken previously on the pod and it's like close to like i think two three years ago now about it's it's not actually a straightforward process taking the output of the PM5 or the PM3 and turning that into a kind of a virtual rower that that's not actually you know bringing rowers literally from Australia the United States Great Britain the Netherlands and South Africa together on the same kind of virtual river that mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of tricks to that I mean could you could you give us an idea of some of the kind of issues that when you're trying to do that i mean it's, yeah. it's, like, it's not easy is it especially for us like the, the the biggest issue uh we we have with with connecting the 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 indoor rowing world is that we don't want to attach us to like one specific brand so a lot of the applications out there uh, because concept 2 are the are the biggest manufacturers of rowing machine they just develop for the concept 2 and only use that but if you just would develop it for the concept too, we miss we miss like millions of potential people that would also want to join, uh, and it really enhances the community feeling. So we don't want to uh, to push them away. So one of the biggest thing we have things we have to manage is to support as many rowing machine brands as possible, uh, to allow as many people as possible to row on the on the the waters. But one of the most difficult things about it is that a lot of these brands use. Uh, different ways to calculate power to uh, uh different ways they also use uh wattage to split formulas and stuff like that so everyone would get like a, a different experience and then 
some rowing machines also say like, oh, we only send through data every five seconds uh, through Bluetooth. So in the beginning, this would just result in the rower boosting forward every five seconds. Uh, and those were really some, some difficult things to, to manage. Um, and that's also one of the reasons and one of the things we've developed. Um, uh, if you use the application on a concept two, you, you also probably know about it because we asked about it in the beginning. Uh, we developed this thing called XOR split. Um, and it's actually, yeah, the same as you would get on like cycling apps, like a Zwift. Uh, the thing we basically do there is we say like, okay, we take the minimum data of your rowing machine that's needed. So the most important things, which are, uh, your power outputs, uh, so your watts and your strokes per minute. And then we use that to calculate all the things in the extra application to get the smoothest and most accurate representation, uh, we can get out of it. Um, and it allows us also to, uh, yeah, for rowing brands, like a water rower compared to a concept two. Uh, 500 watts on the water rower is a different split than 500 watts on the concept two would get you. Yeah. Uh, so that allows us to to align the the formula uh, which each with each rowing brand. Uh, it also allows us to give a smoother experience. So if you have like Bluetooth hiccups, we can catch them and make everything more smooth. Um, and it allows us to to bring as many people as possible on the on the virtual waters. Um, so that's like one of the, the major challenges and that's the way we tackle it. And one of the cool things we can also do with like the extra split is to put in your weight, uh, because yeah, in real life, if you're in a single skull, uh, if you weigh, uh, if you're, you're a big boy and you weigh 200 pounds, you're going a lot slower than someone that weighs a hundred pounds. Um, and that's one thing we also, uh, pushed in the application. So weight also has an impact and we hope in the future, like, yeah, it will give a more accurate representation between athletes and maybe, but that's dreaming for the, for the distant future. If we talk about indoor rowing competitions, they will also get more fair because, uh, weight is also taken into account in, uh, in those competitions then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really difficult thing to sell to people as well, because, um, what differentiates indoor rowing from cycling a lot is in indoor rowing, you always have the monitors on the screen and in cycling, you don't have monitors. You just have the rollers and, uh, it sends through the data to the application. So if people are cycling, they believe, uh, what's being told on the, on the application. But if people are rowing, they see the application and then they see the monitor next to it. And they say like, oh, not all values align with it. The app is broken. Uh, but it's not actually the case because. In rowing, they use splits to, uh, many rowers use splits to, to look at their power, but split isn't actually your power. It's just the speed you're going at. So mm -hmm. if we simulate a speed or use different formulas to calculate speed from your power, you will get sometimes different outputs from your, uh, your performance monitor. So that's something that's difficult for, for a lot of users to, uh, grasp their heads uh, around, but that's uh it's actually a really big benefit of the application and the systems we developed uh to to align everyone on the on the playing field so actually it's almost a question that when when you're you're using x and i hadn't thought of doing this you should probably sort of like on the pm5 you should actually have or whichever monitor you're using for whichever rowing machine you should like have your watts or your calories per hour and on the screen of on the extra screen, you should probably have your split. Yeah, even better. What we recommend is just flipping the monitor away. So you just have the, the extra screen okay. because we show all the data. We also allow you to show your watts and your splits at the same time. 
Um, and it's just way better to train that way. And if you actually will look at uh, the performance monitor and extra, if you're looking at the watts and the stroke per minute, the data is 100% the same. It's just a different formula we use uh, according to your weight for calculating the split. Um, and if you actually use uh, the, uh, the the way, I think it's like 74 kilos, uh, which is like the, uh, the barrier between a lightweight and a heavyweight, that's actually the same. Uh, that weight will give you the same splits as on a concept too. But if you weigh less, you will go a bit faster. If you weigh more, you will go a bit slower. Um, yeah, I think I just want to jump in for a second, Loon, because I think that actually makes sense. Um, we used to train, probably, we used to look at our split. And if you were going a bit faster than you were the week before, then that was seen as kind of good training. But I'm just flagging this up, Loon, because I've been chatting with um, Mark Hancock, our all-purpose oracle of all things training. Um, and it, especially for people, rowers or indoor rowers or people who want to get fit or um, club coaches who want to use EXA um, to link their squad together and make training a bit more interesting, especially when you start to do things like heart rate training and training in heart rate zones, training to a critical power output rather than training to a split is probably more accurate and more beneficial um than than chasing splits which we've all done as rowers but you know as we get older and a bit more sensible we realize that beasting ourselves every time is not necessarily the best way to go so i think that's a really interesting point that you've that you've made there um it's, it's also kind of funny to me because um of course in in rowing it's not as extreme but i i'm uh i work a lot with with things in the cycling industry and if you were talking about cycling what they're doing in rowing with like splits and, and watts, um, they use everything in splits, but it would be the same if a cyclist uh, would say like, yeah, I just need to go 50 Ks an hour for so many minutes. But mm. uh, depending on the on the course and the weather conditions, uh, it's a lot more power output you need one day than the other day. And yeah. in rowing, the difference is not uh, that big as in cycling, but you still have according to, to the weather circumstances and to your weight, uh, the the splits differs um uh if you yeah if you're talking about outdoor rowing uh from week to week or even day to day uh but yeah people people use use splits uh a lot of times in in rowing still uh and and just training on on your power output on wattage is uh much more reliable and way better to to get a general idea of your performance and your fitness level uh, mm. And more of the yeah the new generation of your rowers are uh, rowing on wattage more often, uh, but especially with the older generation, we still see a lot of people just taking splits uh, as as their main value. And it's yeah I think it's something that also is because of all the years uh, and concept two and the split from concept two is like the the standard across the whole industry. Mm. Um, but it's it's not actually the the best way to train on it, and especially if you go out on the water uh, and look at concept two splits they're nowhere near close of what uh what you would actually uh row on the water with that power output so it's really yeah. interesting to me uh the the whole yeah the the split situation in the in the rowing industry that's that's really interesting because I, I was i was thinking about that in as much as it's still seen as a sign of being an elite scholar if you can break seven minutes on the water for 2k but most of the people who do it have a sub six sorry have a sub 550 um 
2K on the rowing machine. So so there's not really a lot of correlation between the splits that you pull on a rowing machine and and what you actually do on the water. So power output, uh, you know, and really I have been talking quite a lot to Mark about this recently. And he he he's doing he's doing heart rate training at the moment. So he's staying within very specific zones and very specific bands, which is, you know, as Stephen Seeler would would point out, is the most reliable way to develop fitness over a period of time but we still tend to jump on the rowing machine and flick it onto what's my split per per 500 rather than look at what my watt output is for a given period. Can I ask a slightly cheeky question? And this is for all of the wannabe lightweights out there. Is there a way of guarding against people that you might race against or row against suddenly declaring themselves a lightweight when they're over 200 pounds just so they can take advantage of the feature that you have weight adjustment in your <laughs> um at the moment there there isn't really we do have some basic stuff like if you if you go like really low, uh, low in your weight we will detect it and not uh mm. yeah we don't allow you to go like on a split of one minute if you just pull like 50 watts. <laughs> okay. So uh, we, we have like a, a minimum, minimum weight you need to be. Um, but at the moment, there, there isn't really anything else uh, into place, but we are looking to do that in the future to have like specific leaderboards with more uh, verified times and machines. Uh, because, yeah, not only the weight is an issue at the moment, but still... Um, we, we use the same formula across different rowing machines, but just some rowing machines, their their power output they send to us are, are just not that accurate at all. Uh, for instance, if we talk about uh, water rowers in general, uh, mm. if you uh, leave the temp tank empty and you just pull the handle, you'll do, do like 1k watts on it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we can't really prevent that from happening because, yeah, if the rowing machine sends through uh, their wattage, we... we can't really know if it's if it's true or not, uh, but we are looking to make it in the future that we have like verified leaderboards that if you really are into your performance, if you have a concept too, if you have like an RP3 and say like data is everything to me and I want everything to be correct, that those will be on like verified leaderboards uh, where we know like those people have good rowing machines, their power output is accurate, uh, they don't cheat in their weights. Um, so that's something we will be looking at. But at the moment, yeah, uh, sometimes people on like a, a cheap decathlon rover uh, can get <laughs> a lot better times than people on a concept too. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's on the honor system. And luckily as Lewin will put, will now surely back me up on this rowers are very, very honorable people. We never, we never cheat at anything. Uh, oh, don't start. Don't start. It's um, <laughs> Alfred. It, it just, I mean, this is something that, you know, I've just had in my head. Do you actually just kind of call up, the guys at water are and just say okay what are your you know what are your differences or do you actually have to like kind of do you have like a small storage facility somewhere that's just full of kind of random different brands <laughs> of indoor rowing machines and like you, you you you've taken the cases off them all and that you've got like little bits of performance monitor just like on a workbench somewhere with like solder coming out of them I mean, um, how how do you actually go through that process? Because you, you you've got like what over ten different yeah, rowing machines that you can use on it. I think uh, officially we support like ten different brands. We have like fifteen different rowing machines here at our office, um, and 
supported doesn't mean that other brands don't work because we use like general Bluetooth communications with it. So uh, rowing machines that support um, that have Bluetooth might also work on the application. They're just not verified by us. So we don't uh, officially uh, support them and we don't allow them on all leaderboards and stuff like that. But yeah, we have like 15 different rowers here. And if you come into our office, you just see them laying around everywhere, standing against some walls. Every office you go in, you see a new rover. Uh, so, so we don't really have a storage facility. They're just all over the place. And um, every time there's a new update and, and people ask about some issue with one specific brand, and then we need to uh, find the techno gym in one of the offices and get it into uh, into position to test things out. So. Uh, rowers all over the place and we we um i think we we are some of the maybe the the best schools uh people in the world about which rowing machine feels best compared to other rowing brands because we have so many of them here and uh row on all kinds of different brands constantly without giving anything away do you have a personal favorite don't mention the brand we, we are an all-inclusive podcast <laughs> uh to be really honest, I um, many many rowing machines, especially if we talk about more premium ones, because yeah, you have like the the more budget rowers, which are uh, obviously uh, lacking in some parts. But if we talk about the more premium experiences, like almost every of of the brands has something that's better than the other ones. Um, okay. So. I might like the feeling of of just uh, sliding on the on the on the seats on the slides uh, more on this rower. I might like the the actual uh, position of the handle more on that rower. I might like the the connectivity features more on that rower. So I don't really have a, a general preference of of rower because yeah, the the ultimate rowing machine still needs to be uh, to be developed. <laughs> Very diplomatic. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to say you've actually got like some kind of massive opportunity and knowledge base there, because I don't believe there's anyone else in Europe. I mean, I, I don't know if there's, I mean, Cosway do something with their, they've got a rowing app and stuff like that, but I don't, so... If I look at Inside Indoor, which is the British Rowing's indoor rowing website, you guys know them. They've got like a review of all of loads and loads of different rowing machines. But that review is mostly just press release releases. I think, you know, you've got this massive opportunity to bring people in to your website by literally just going through and reviewing all of these things and saying, this is good. This is bad. This one breaks. Don't, don't buy this one, this one breaks. <laughs> you know, um, that's actually something we, we wanted to do because we also have a blog and we create stuff like that, but we can't actually do it because of our policy to support as many of the rowing brands and bring everyone together. Yeah, exactly. So if we if we guide people towards one specific uh, brand, like, oh, we think this one is the best, we, we start excluding uh, uh, brands from yeah. it. That's not really something we want to do. So... Uh, any brands you want to use, we just want to offer the best possible experience with the app. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I, I, I do understand that. But it's like the actual idea that there is someone out there because, okay, I, I've i tried a water rower. I've I've done a fair bit on RP3. I've, I've also tried the Techno Gym, which is kind of, it's sort of good. It, it's sort of bad and it's got a really uncomfortable seat. Um, 
but there are so many different things out there there's like there's the hydro and the aviron and the peloton and that's just the top end and then there are like the cheaper there are the concept to pretend ones and the the idea that actually there are like people who've sat on all of them and tried them all out that's that's kind of incredible um and that's actually a very very kind of unique knowledge base um the, the the i i don't i mean obviously you don't want to like slate rowers because you, you want to bring people on board but i mean i i'm as a user i'm asking you to share that knowledge i, I you know it's like that, that that is something that people would be really really interested in just like this whole time we've been on concept twos and we could have been on x um, I can't believe you're saying this, Lewin. I can't. I can't believe as someone who's actually been on the water, it's it's concept two. It's just, you know, in the beginning, God made the heaven and everything in it, and then Dreisgacker made the concept two. That's just the way that it works. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> know this for certain. It's literally this thing that if you if you said, you know, if you ask me right now, what is the best rowing machine? I'm just going to say. Well, the RP3, it, it's got it, it's got its thing, but it's the concept too. Except honestly, like you said, there are like you've got 15 rowing machines. I have tried, I, I've used one, I've tried four um in total. And I've been doing this for 20 years. And the, the idea that there are like people who've literally sat down and compared, and it's like, this is how the slides feel on this. They, this is like, yeah, this is really the slide it just it doesn't get crunchy or anything like that and then you've got somebody said yeah they need to lift the the pivot point of the handle up by about four inches on this or like the screen gets in the way of the handle i'm i'm just whoa that, that would be incredible <laughs> if i knew that and I think it was an is... honest review but he's completely with... tapped into your inner nerd there lewin i yeah, i think no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. you've got me on that one I think it's like guitars. I think that I think that some people will pick up a Strat and go, "Yep, yeah, that's the guitar for me." And some people will pick up a a Les Paul or a Martin or a Yamaha or a Gretsch and go, "Yeah, that's the." You know, I think, yeah, I think you've got to have a plurality of rowing experiences. And I think that Alfred is being probably, from a business point of view, extremely sensible in 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 supporting them all because it, it widens the field. Yeah. Can I ask it? Can I ask a this is to get back to the courses having having rode on them yeah and it's to it's also getting back to the idea of what you do on the rower matches what you do on the screen have there been any discussions around you're on the henley reach it's a lovely day the sun is is dappling in the west uh, as it sinks behind saint mary's church steeple and all of a sudden the stream increases or you get a crosswind or a tailwind have you thought about introducing real world features into it and yeah. and there's, and there's, there's a follow-up question to this and the reason why i'm asking it so so yeah is, it, um, it, it, is that a thing you could you could go out on the water one day and it's a strong headwind with a following stream and the next day it's a tailwind or a crosswind or you know suddenly gets really bouncy mid-outing so yeah, that's actually I wanted really wanted to do in the beginning. Um, and in my quest to to creating the application, I started talking with a lot of rowers and a lot of coaches. And I just went around and I was asking like, yeah, we got a concept too, but uh, what's the best rower that you can adjust the resistance with uh, digitally? 
So mm. we can actually introduce things like if you have in cycling with like the smart trainers, adjust the resistance for training schedules and for uh, uh, course differences and stuff like that. And I thought like, yeah, we can do stuff like that as well in training mode and maybe um, in the future with like uh, weather conditions and stuff like that. Um, but they they didn't exist. <laughs> Everyone told me. Um, and yeah, at the moment there there are maybe like a few of them that that do do have it. Um, mm. Uh, resistible um, or uh, adjustable resistance, but not really one of the one of the big brands. Uh, so we we just shelved that idea because uh, not enough uh, rowing machines support it. And if we uh, introduce those things like weather conditions and and uh, things against the stream, uh, we really only want to do it if like smart rowers really become a thing because. It would be the same like if you're, for instance, if you're on Zwift and you're going up a hill, uh, you see something is changing, but you also feel it. But if you don't use smart trainers and you're just going up the hill, uh, up mm. the hill, it feels really weird because you're uh, visually your your rider is going slower, but you don't feel anything. And mm. it would be the same in the in the rowing application. You're just pulling out the same uh, wattage, but suddenly your rower will go slower or stuff like that, and you don't yeah. really, uh, yeah, you don't really feel it as well because suddenly you're just looking at like an image and stuff happens, but you don't get the feedback on it on the rowing machine. So yeah. we're not going to introduce that until the industry is ready for it with, uh, with smart rowers. Um, okay. Cause I hope in the future it will become a thing because, uh, a lot of coaches also say it that also work with, uh, rowers as well as triathletes and, and cyclists. They say like in, in theory, it's just a lot better if they would introduce that feature uh, in a rower because uh, we can guide the, the rowers much better in their training schedules to adjust to resistance and stuff like that. Mm. So hopefully in the future, it will become a thing and we can actually introduce stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. The, the reason why I'm asking and the follow-up question is because um, having talked to to people like Mark Davis uh, at British Rowing and, and some of the kind of... Um, coaches and and rowers that we have so so we know that the british rowing team uses a lot of visualization both in terms of working with sports psychologists but also in terms of they 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 have a room with, with that is filled with a massive screen where they can put up um they put up the tokyo seaway before the tokyo olympics so people got used to the visual or and being able to actually see what they were rowing down um and one of the interesting things about the Tokyo Olympics, and this isn't just at Olympic level, it feeds down to your local club level when, when the, the, the wind is coming from the east and the water is chopping up to different rowing experience to when, you know, it's from the west and the, and the water is, is, you know, the stream is, is doing something different. The people who won in Tokyo uh, were the people who adapted to the conditions better on the on the day you know all the way through the competition and i'm just wondering with the prevalence of sports visualization and with the the fact that a lot of top internationals are using um visualization specifically in actually being able to see while they're on the concept to what they're rowing down and being being able to almost rehearse a race i think it might be an interesting feature if for a coach to go right Head of the river is in four weeks. We're going to do the full course um, and then introduce the elements of jeopardy. Like there's a, there's a sudden rainstorm and the water cuts up. Uh, uh, and I, I get the point about it's very, very hard on a concept to, 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 for you to actually increase the resistance. So they feel like the water's got heavier 
but if there's a visual where the boat's now going slower so that they have to they have to up their output themselves there might be a correlation there but i just think it might be a really interesting next step especially if you're thinking now of reaching into clubs and reaching into national and international programs yeah uh i think especially yeah if, if i look at the future i i hope that's one of the things we we can really do uh because that's also something right now that is possible on the application uh, application uh and people uh for instance we were at the at the head of the charles um last month uh and we actually had people that uh, were rowing there that came to us and said like yeah I, I have actually been rowing on the application at home and just doing like the head of the charles loop uh so i can recognize the the landmarks coming up uh and get like a feeling on when uh where i'm at in the course after a certain amount of time so i think for the future yeah that's definitely something we 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 will be looking at to to implement even more to have uh more realistic um representation of the of the rowing world um or of of the real life locations in the application and and with weather elements and stuff like that but it's a really really long long road uh to to get there i think um also coming back on like the the whole extra split and like the data stuff people also first need to to get adjusted to the fact like splits isn't uh isn't really your power output it's just your speed because we're going to change it in the application then and it's a really difficult thing for the for the yeah. people to uh to adjust to so i think it will be a step-by-step -step procedure uh over a lot of years actually before uh yeah we we can actually really introduce it and really uh get people to to train that way yeah, there's got to be a conceptual shift so that rowers start rowing on power output more than more than split. I know that when it comes to things like tests, at some point you've got to do a time, but also but a lot of rowing is actually time based. You know, um, three by seven k is a certain amount. It's a block of time for UT two and UT one or what have you. So actually making that making that conceptual shift, I think, is is as you identify really important. Yeah, now, yeah, I'm just going to step in a second and say, if any Broken Oars listeners should be interested in <laughs> comparing power and split, we do have a wet widget on our Buy Me A Coffee website if you want to look that in. Sorry, I'm, I'm just doing a, a commercial thing. I'm not very used to it at all. <laughs> um, but right, so th this idea we, of kind of the speed of your virtual boat on exa is different from the speed of your split on the rowing machine monitor and that's partly dependent and essentially that that's weight adjusted mm -hmm. so doesn't isn't this something because i remember back at agecroft when me and aaron were part of a squad and we were all doing our three by six k's with two minutes rest everybody would kind of start at the same time and then different people would finish ahead and everybody would just get out of sync and in the end you know you'd have some people sitting in the corner or possibly even going and getting changed while some people were still struggling away isn't this kind of like a way of letting crews because weight is a big relation to power output you know the bigger guys tend to have more power isn't this a way of letting a crew have a more communal experience 
yeah it's 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 definitely a way to to do so right because yeah if you uh talk about indoor rowing um and you start using the extra application and you have like a a uh, squad of eight people uh, that are training for the same goal during the winter indoors and they all uh, have their weight setting correctly. Uh, the scale that we use in the application, it's not the same splits you would get on the water in neutral conditions, but the, the, the graph it follows according to weight is about the same thing. So people from with different weights will actually get a more, uh, yeah, if, they, if you need to row uh, 130, for instance, if they adjust their weight and they do 130, each of them, uh, they will be way more in sync than uh, if they would do it with a 130 splits uh, in general on a on a on a concept too. So yeah, in that way, it's it's like a, a much better way to to train uh, indoors than than just using a normal rowing machine because you don't have that that adjustment uh, for the weight uh, on there. So uh, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so I mean that. Uh, I mean it, it's it's something that I've noticed that I can do more easily on the group rows um, with the kind of like it's easier to row with other people when I'm using the exa split rather than just the rower data. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, we we've mentioned kind of like using the machine uh, using the the app to kind of kind of check out the course before you race it but and and i i had to look up boston on the map there are it's noticeable that you guys have created shall we say slight differences <laughs> between what boston actually is and what henley actually is and what henley is on the app and what boston is on the app and I mean, did, did you just like kind of just have just fun with this? Just I mean, <laughs> what, was it just like, yeah, we're going to wipe out that neighborhood. We're just going to put this like two kilometers straight stretch in there. Um, and we're just going to we're going to make a waterfall in Henley, which was just <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the main things. What we wanted to do was um, if you were just doing longer rowing sessions, um, we we create the application to make indoor rowing more enjoyable, right? We don't want to introduce things like steering and stuff like that and make peripherals where you need to hold the handle because then it becomes really like a game and not really like a workout app. So we just wanted the rowers to do different loops. So select a loop and you will just uh, keep repeating it and you can do your workout on it. Um, but most rowing courses, of course, are just a single river. Um, if, if you talk about Henley, you can just uh, go in between the locks back and forward. But if we just had to put that in there and we would just have like one course, which would be back forward, back forward, back forward. And it's really not that enjoyable compared to doing like different uh, loops where you can suddenly take a right and you're in a completely different world. Um, so that's something with, with the first map we created, it was Boston. Uh, and we we wanted it to be able we wanted people to be able to do different loops and not just go up and down the river or the whole time. Um, so we decided to to create fantasy parts uh, to just yeah first of all we just recreate the river so the Charles and Henley are just recreated uh, scale one to one and then we looked like where in the 
uh, where on the map in real life would it be possible to have like a split in the river? Uh, and we just drew a completely new part on it uh, and then uh, thought about what we wanted to show to the people or uh, what a purpose could be. For instance, in Boston, uh, you don't really have the opportunity to to have like an Olympic racing distance there because the you just don't have a two kilometer straight in there. So we decided let's make like a, a split and then go to a two kilometer straight so we can really organize competitions there in the future, which is possible now. Um, and we want people to explore different parts of it because if you go to Henley in real life, um, you have the beautiful town. And then uh, like uh, if you go further down the river, you just have uh, flats, uh, grasslands and not really something interesting to look about but if you look at the general geography of the UK there are so many cool and interesting things to uh, to explore that aren't on the rowing course of Henley so we decided like yeah just take a split and go to different landscapes like uh, cliffs with a waterfall uh, because yeah you, you sometimes in the UK you get uh, can get uh, really beautiful cliffs out there and then uh, I also associate like if you're driving through the UK a lot of farms and you see a lot of sheep and cow out there uh, on the field so we uh, put some farms in uh, in there as well uh, so if you do loops on, on the application on Excel you can really discover unique things that are unique and you can associate with with that with that course and that landscape uh, that aren't there but just make it more enjoyable and and uh, yeah it offers surprises during uh, your sessions and have have there been um you know if if they haven't can we like try and arrange some um have there been any kind of navigation errors from crews yet or, or or just kind of like not not necessarily navigation errors on the water but just people kind of like having a moment when they realize when they get to Henley or they get to Boston, they just like, hang on, wait, no. Oh, that's just on the computer, not not in real life. Are you are you meaning people getting to Henley and going, hold on, where's the waterfall? They said push <laughs> at the waterfall. I can't see one. Not most Where of them the realize like the, the waterfall and, and in Boston we have like that you can row through the sewers, that that's yeah. actually not a thing. But we did have people that thought that the, the geography of the river was actually like in the in the application. And they were surprised that at Henley that there weren't Henley uh that uh yeah that uh the splits yeah. were made in the in the course that they <laughs> weren't actually there. So that's that's kind of fun that uh that people actually think uh they are there, but uh, most of them do realize that if you just suddenly turn left and you see like massive cliffs with like a waterfall, that's not, not actually there. Uh, right. Okay. But... Now, um, <laughs> as, as my wife will be able to tell you, I'm kind of a map nerd. So whenever I go somewhere, I, I always end up looking at the map just because it kind of centers me in that place. And I understand where I am in relation to the rest of the world. And I, one of my biggest criticisms of EXA is on the Henley map, you've got the waterfall coming on the wrong side <laughs> because you like the slope that, that you've cut the imaginary river through, it comes like down like that from as, as I'm looking at it from right to left and the water will be running down that way, but you've got the waterfall coming in from the top of the slope and it's like, that's in the wrong place. 
<laughs> then you just need to imagine that someone installed installed like a whole system up there just to have like a <laughs> man-made waterfall yeah. because yeah if you if you really start looking at the geography over there it, it doesn't make any sense for uh for i know it's brilliant it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful it's just like let's just do something crazy um although knowing henley as we do the idea that somebody installed an entire system to create like a an 80 foot high waterfall with like a million liters of water going over it a minute it's not that surprising actually <laughs> i think if you look at british history it's not that surprising we're talking about an aristocracy who literally moved mountains because it was in the way of their view when they had their morning coffee <laughs> when they when they landscaped their grounds in their country house I, I think there's probably a Russian oligarch or two or a hedge fund financier who's got to the bottom of his garden by the river at Henley and just went, needs a waterfall. Okay, call the landscape gardeners, get this, make this happen. <laughs> okay, um, so, I mean, again, like I warned you, I'm, I'm like a really big fan of the whole um, Exa system and I use it, you know, for like half the rowing I do. Um, in, in terms of so i'm kind of fascinated about the ideas of uh the ideas you have for the future where 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 can we where can you guys take the game where is it going what what surprises do you have in store for us for the next kind of year for for like the next year or so also yeah uh interesting to to mention to the to the listeners um the the goal of the development team right now and it's uh we have been doing it since the release two years ago every month you get a new update with uh new content or small improvements or stuff like that so every month there's something new to explore um, and in the coming months and like next year um we will focus on like a, a a few parts and i think the biggest ones are first of all improving the the current experience uh if we talk about the the interfaces of the user experience when navigating the the different menus um so right now if you use the application you can actually see uh if you're in the main menu and select the training schedule the ui is a lot less developed compared to if you do a competition mode it's really clean and uh laid out uh in a in a sensible way so we are working on re reworking all of these screens and they will also bring improvements with them um so for instance one of the updates early next year will be a rework of the route selection screen and the training selection screen um and that will allow us to to introduce new things as well like uh filters on which workouts you want to do quick selection on today i want to uh row for 30 minutes or 60 minutes you just select a category you want and it shows all the workouts under 30 minutes for instance yeah. uh training plans will be able to to be introduced then uh, if we talk about routes we will be able to uh, feature more routes and uh, get as many people as possible on a few courses um, so those are things we will be working on in the uh, in the next months to really improve those interfaces uh, and alongside that we also just released a first version of uh, group rows um, so if you go to the website right now or in the application uh, and look at the events tab you can see a lot of uh, group rows coming up uh, and that's basically like uh, at a specific day and time uh, people from all over the world can hop on Exer and they uh, will be teleported to a starting line and you can grow with a group of 30 50 maybe even more people all rowing at the same time 
uh, and we want to expand that system as well. So right now it's just generic group rows, but we want to offer uh, different kinds of things like uh, uh, assisted group rows where you will be have some kind of drafting mechanic so you can uh, stay with your group more easily. Uh, or uh, group trainings or group races are things we are exploring if that's possible uh, where you have like instead of right now the, the Olympic racing uh, simulation where you can just say like I want to do a 10k race and just have like uh, a group of 15, uh, 50 people and just uh, get to the finish line as fast as possible those are things we also want to introduce next year um, with the event system expanding on that so, so like kind of, oh, let's say a race round, an entire map loop, like the 19.9K yeah, yeah. Boston loop or something yeah. like that. Cool. So it's more like a, yeah, a time trial, let's say, where you're just uh, three to one, go free for all, just get to the finish as fast as possible. More like a cycling uh, representation of, uh, of rowing than uh, the current competition format we have. So right, here, here's an idea, and I don't know how much you can like talk about it because it, it's like it's the number one thing in all virtual exercise and virtual racing things is weight verification. You know, everybody, every time they've tried to have a Zwift kind of championships, um, you know, even when Concept 2 have got like leaderboards up and anything like that, e people do kind of exaggerate how light they are. Have have you, and, you know, um, there's a, you know, there are some very clunky weight verification systems, you know, literally um, there's a company, well, it's not really a company, but there's an event called Erg Wars. It's a free event. It runs through the Erg Zone app. And they're so serious about getting you to verify your weight for their middleweight and lightweight categories. They need you to take a video of you putting a 20 kilogram dumbbell on your weighing scale to show it weighs 20 and then stepping on that and showing a picture of your face. And it's, it's like a, it's a three ring circus just to say, I weigh this much. It, do you guys have like ideas about how you can like streamline that and just make it foolproof and tamper proof? Um, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing uh, to do. Um, yeah, and also you, you mentioned the 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 Urk wars, but in in theory, it's it's always possible in if as long as you're doing it online digitally, you can always cheat. Um, because people can just program their scales as well to uh, show it uh, to be 20 kilograms. And then uh, if you step on it to say it's, uh, that it's like a lower weight. So if people want to cheat online digitally, they can always cheat. Um, and that's like a, a big problem. And, and yeah, I think no one currently really knows of a way to, to really fix it. Uh, besides having like an official, uh, of, of a rowing competition coming to your house and actually watching you uh, step on an official scale and stuff like that. I think that's like right now the only real thing you can do to, to avoid cheating. So I I don't think there there currently is a is a way or we don't really uh, know a way to to prevent uh, the yeah all cheating if we if we talk about online events. So that's actually something we we don't really focus on right now as well. 
Um, but we are hoping that in the future we can uh, we can get something up there that we can run official competitions with our competition mode and stuff like that because it's just so much more interesting to to look at. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the 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 only uh, advantages to to just use the the traditional splits uh, during competitions because weight doesn't have an impact on your speed so the amount you can cheat is is uh less significant um on the other hand like yeah someone that weighs a lot more has a lot more power so he's cheating in that sense but it's it's a really difficult topic and i think in the that's that's some technologies that we need to uh to develop that that aren't there yet on the market and it's uh it's a really difficult uh difficult issue i think uh, yeah so, so replace replace the concept two seat with like literally a weighing scale. It's just that's, like that's possible. But yeah, people can take that apart and and start uh, yeah true. cheating with it as well. So it's it's yeah it's really difficult. Um, and also on on like Swift Championships, I uh, who knows how many people are are actually cheating uh, because <laughs> you 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 can't really know. You you can do your best to to. Um, to avoid cheating, I think one of the best things you can do is actually tracking users' weight over time. And if you see like big differences uh, in it, mm. um, you can actually uh, go talk to them, analyze it. What what have you done? You, you've sh suddenly lost twenty pounds in like a week. Something is off there. Um, but but besides that, uh, there's not really a, a way to to prevent it, right? It, it's very, very bizarre because I've been reading a book uh, by a guy called Robin Parasoto, who um, was the head scientist at the Australian Institute of Sport just before the Sydney Olympics. And um, he developed the first working test for erythropoietin usage that then became the blood passport. And everything you're saying about just stopping people lying about their weight it's all the same challenges yeah. he was facing with people with stopping people and you're just saying okay right i mean it's so it's like with zwift zwift has a lower a lower bound weight of 50 kilograms and what you find is um and i've got a very very nerdy friend who's even more nerdy than me who has zwift and what he worked out was that he could actually scrub the data out of swift and work out how many people are listed as being within five kilograms or 50 kilograms and it's something like a hundred times more frequent than you would find in adults in the population so there's like, you know there, there are a lot of people lying about their weight on swift yeah. um and you know you you were saying about okay yeah we we track people's weight over time if it drops by like 20 pounds a week i mean that's the that's the biological passport right there yeah but I think I think it's actually the same. Yeah, if you if you go back in sports, like like uh, thirty years, most of the most of the professional athletes were doped in. Uh, and if you look at the digital scene right now, it's probably most of the of the athletes are digitally doped. Um, but I think with with the paths esports, yeah, if you talk about um, physical esports, are taking. Uh, right now and the interest that's that's gaining all over the world and especially right now with with the IOC with the Olympics also showing interest in making esports uh, official Olympic events um, I think over the years we will develop uh, better and better 
systems to go against uh, yeah, digital doping uh, and, and streamline everything. So over the years, the the esports will uh, become fairer and, and cleaner. But I think, yeah, the same as if you were watching a, a rowing competition or a cycling competition 30 years ago, just uh, enjoy what's there at the moment and uh, try to think as everyone as fair. Because if you go too deep into into uh, your thoughts and who's cheating and who's not, uh, you will get very depressed, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, which, I... yeah. And and it's I think it will be a process of, of years, if not decades, because before uh, stuff like that is is ironed out because it's it's such a long process, uh, same as with like, yeah, the, the blood passports and all the, the doping tests in real life. It will take a really long time to to iron everything out in the in the sports, in the virtual sports. Yeah, we, we, we've spoken to athletes who were like racing at the Olympics in the 1980s and the 1990s against Eastern European nations. And what they said, it was just, it was just part of the furniture. We just had to pull harder. Um, and uh, which, which I think was just a, was a very, very stoical point of view, but they knew, yeah, you, you can't do anything. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I mean, we, we've kind of been talking for quite a while now and it's Saturday and you, you've been kind enough to come in and talk about your job on a Saturday, which is great. So, um, there were like some ideas that I had and, but I'm quite interested that you, you, you've already said in the chat that you don't want to go down the game route. You want to stay at kind of a simulation idea. So the idea of kind of, you know, there are things on Zwift, which are basically just pure games like power ups yeah. and aero power ups and stuff like that. Um, that's not something you're particularly thinking of. We, um, so what my, or, or our ideas of, of gamification in, in an application like this is if you're just rowing, uh, and you're talking about your, your data and your performance that can't be affected by any gamification elements, uh, by any power ups. Or, um, if you suddenly, yeah, if you're drafting in another rower, you will go faster and stuff like that. I. We don't believe that. Okay. Um, I've lost That's you. a good those simulations. Uh, oh, am I back? No, right no, no you, you're back. You're back. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so what I was saying, like, we don't think it's a good approach to, um, to really start adding gamification elements to performance. So if you're drafting uh, someone's boat, um uh you might be able to to say like oh yeah you're going a bit faster because you're drafting his boat but we don't really want to do that because we don't really want to affect your performance because um it it will just mess up all of the data and all of the the progress you're making um and if you're doing like competitions you it's also one other approach to to chart starts uh, cheating with like power ups and when to use them and you just want to to work on your performance but we do want to offer as many gamification elements as possible that don't have an impact on uh on your performance so for instance we already have a lot of things uh but uh we really want to focus hard on a rewards based system and challenges and stuff like that so uh, in the application we have like daily weekly monthly challenges uh, which you can complete and they um 
range from to 10 competitions this month to uh, complete like uh, a 10k in one go and then you get uh, rewards for it which you can use so in, in that way we really want to focus a lot on gamification uh, and making the experience more fun but uh, we don't want to affect your performance but what we do want uh, to add more in the future uh, right now it's not really a big focus but we do have like two mini games in the application uh, which is like boy blast and shark attack um and it's not really a main focus because yeah most people just want to work out and train with the main application but in the future we can add like different modes where you can actually level up your rover and you will go faster and faster and you will go through levels and use power-ups and stuff like that and really make like a game out of rowing and i really think that's that has a place in the application but it should be a separate mode than competing and training because otherwise you're just affecting your your performance with uh with power-ups and and things you can equip to your boat to go faster and um it's it's not really yeah you're you're stepping away from like a, a, a general sporting application and making it more to like a fun game and say like if i press this button i get 1k more on strava which is just not fair uh so we really want to to avoid introducing gamification elements that have an impact on your general performance there okay that's cool um team kit so obviously you can customize your rower in a load of different ways um can you is there a possibility that we'll be able to download an image of an agecroft lycra or a spitfire lycra or a maidstone lycra into and then row as your as your rower um not planned right now but those things uh it might be possible in the future but uh the reason we we don't do it right now is because of uh technical difficulties with running the application on uh, a broad range of uh, devices because if you have like a, a session and there are like uh, a thousand different people all on the same location and they all have their unique designs we need yeah. to load in all those designs and it will just be too much to handle for your uh, for your maybe uh, tablet uh, and the application will crash. So uh, those are like technical limitations we are running into right now to do stuff like that. But uh, once the, the technology, the hardware allows it, uh, it will actually be something pretty cool. And uh, I hope we, we can do it. Uh, and right now we are looking towards adding like more unique things to the application like one of the things we want to introduce next year is to have like a uh, flex uh on the oars of all countries like the official oars uh each country have, yeah. has to introduce them in the application so people can have like more personalized avatars that they resonate with more uh but specific uh club jerseys for every club in the world is is right now technically to yeah impossible just so <laughs> okay uh -huh. maybe hopefully one day hopefully one day Okay. Just start with Agecroft. Just start with Agecroft. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> or, or, or possibly what what clubs need to do is start going on to AXR and like, yeah, we're just going to change our kit to this. Um, <laughs> that's know, that's that, possible. That, yeah. that, that, that might be simpler. I don't know. Um, okay, so right, we've talked. I mean, I've I've literally got this thing here, and, and I say 
it says speed boosts for female rowers and then that gets us into a competition of like who can define as a female rower and i i, I don't want to go down that path we you know uh, let's let's not talk about that but to finish just just tell us about kind of like the craziest ideas you have like kind of just like really out there it's going to happen in like three five years time um how can you what what are like the craziest ideas the the salty lemon crew are coming up with for this <laughs> um yeah the craziest ideas usually don't make it in the to the application sadly but i think one of the crazier ideas we have is like uh or maybe hopefully in the future we we might work something out uh but uh i think it would be cool to just not stay on the water all the time um, okay. because uh even though we we work hard at uh developing beautiful locations uh and and visually interesting things you're still on the water on blue water out there um and yeah you don't really uh go through a city center or something like that through streets and those give like a really different feeling so we really maybe might be looking at uh developing something interesting where you can uh get away from the water and go through a city center and uh still have people passing you but maybe uh transforming your boat a bit that you're not actually with like the white oars and uh having like a smaller format where it transforms in like a, a bicycle where uh someone is, is is driving it through through pulling a handle or something like that and then that way we can we can introduce more fantasy like uh environments to to row through um but it's uh yeah it's just uh so that's like one of the ideas that that's come up uh in in the team uh if we talk about uh the really distant future but uh uh right now it's just focusing more on uh on providing as as yeah visually interesting locations as we can if we talk about uh just rowing in general um but one of the things we do want to introduce in the near future that is a bit more uh, creative is actually some way of communicating more with people on the virtual water. So we will be actually be looking at developing some kind of quick uh, command system where you can uh, uh, wave to people or um, uh, give people a thumbs up or uh, say like preset word of it's like, uh, hi, how are you doing? Or uh slow down a bit so i can follow uh stuff like that that's something we do want to to uh introduce next year um and i think that will add like a lot of uh fun to the to the virtual world so people can actually communicate in a way with each other uh, on the waters excellent um okay so I personally, I like the idea of rowing through city, city centers. And um, as Aaron has told me many times, um, we've we've kind of done that on GPS um, in, in the past. Um, so those are, that's where it is. Um, we are going to be from December the 1st um, on Broken Oars having a discount code um, that will give you 10% off on um your subscription to um exa uh going forward so that is something to look out for very shortly um ideal for the winter season really um alfred 
thank you very much was there anything else you wanted to add was there any like last mo mention that you wanted to bring up to bring people into the software yeah i think uh the one message i want to to tell the people is uh try out the application um it's free to try right now for two weeks uh you can hop on the virtual wallers uh be sure to look at the events page uh on on the website and try and join in in some of the group rows to really get a, a feeling of what uh extra is all about uh and i hope to see you on the virtual waters and if you would like it as you said we are going to uh, offer podcast listeners a 10 percent discount on their subscription uh so yeah try it for free first and if you like it you can get started for a discount thank you very much indeed we very much appreciate that um as do our listeners um that's all from me aaron that's all from me as well i i think that was a, a damn fine podcast with a, a uh, interesting application and really thanks a lot Alfred for making time for us this Saturday morning <laughs>